the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I'm Sam, like I am every week. Joining me as himself once again is Matt. How you doing mate, you alright? Yeah, trying to trying to make an early joke look, try and try and brighten people's days morning. See, we record this in the morning, which always is difficult when we've played the night before and not won. Yeah, it <laughs> so makes it a little like, bit tougher, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like it's like it's raw, you know. If you've got a couple of days in between, it's all right. But we, we record this on a Thursday morning, and yeah, it's like we lost last night, and it kind of sucks. And I'm still in that um, processing it kind of phase of like running it over in my mind thinking well you know that was yeah that was bad <laughs> and and yeah that was bad yeah it's it's uh look you know i'm normally quite pragmatic with these kind of things especially yeah, when it comes yeah, course, to spurs yeah. um i think to start with right so we i don't know if he was the same but look put it on i was thinking chelsea away is always mm. a difficult game you, yeah you know you it's you're not you're not going to expect it, no matter, I think in in our my lifetime, your lifetime, I'd argue mm. there's probably been a couple of seasons in that Pochettino era where mm. era where I'm like actually I think we can get a result in. We t- we did a couple of times I think yeah, didn't we, we did, broke the yeah. hoodoo, but I just felt that we just like so okay so like I said so you watch it it's Chelsea way you think here we go and I felt like the players felt that as well. Yeah, they were like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, this is Chelsea away. This is always a tough one. This is going to be tough. This is going to be tough, and it was tough. And it was almost like giving them too much respect, you know. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and, way, and, yeah. and and that, and and with that too much respect, the panic of like, you know, oh my god, this is Chelsea. We're at Stamford Bridge. This is going to be really hard. And then sort of mm. making mistakes, which we did two really silly mistakes that cost us two goals. <laughs> but yeah. I felt like at half time, Conte, I, you know, we can only we can only guess what he said. But it's almost like, look. You, you, you're, you're, you're not. You're better than you think you are. You know. In the second no, half, I don't think he said that. <laughs> what do you mean? Based on his post-match, I don't think he told any of them they're better than they think they are. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I just, it's, it's, I, I know, I know what you mean. It, he obviously said something to them to get yeah, them back in. Yeah, I, I just felt, I feel that, um, that look, I, I, Chelsea are on a different level than us. They've, they've won the, they've won the Champions League. You know, they're doing a yeah. title hunt and that. But I, I don't. I don't think that we're as far away from them as everyone tries to assume or try to... Oh, really? No, I don't think we are. No. No, not at all. Oh, okay. No. No, um... Well, I mean, look. Look, take take the two mistakes out. Take those two yeah. mistakes out. It was nil-nil. Yeah? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you could say take their goals away and it was nil-nil. Yeah. They still scored them. But do, do, do you genuinely think, second half, that they was terrorising us and they should have scored a lot more I think in the second half they should have definitely scored at least two more their finishing was awful I don't think they terrorised us in the second half but I also think they didn't get a second gear in the second half you think that's what it was they just relaxed and thought we'd take two yeah more. I mean I, I genuinely I felt that if we could have grabbed a goal early in the second half we genuinely could have got a result because the one thing about Chelsea, I'll say, they are, they're the best team in Europe. You know, they've won the Champions League. So right now, they are the best team in Europe. So one thing I would say about them, though, is I don't actually think that when they get into... You, you watch Man City getting cruise control. They win a game 5-6-0. You know, they just, just keep playing, keep playing in cruise control. It's unbelievable. Chelsea seem to get a lead, a bit like 
Tottenham a little bit and then just go, yeah, we've done it. Brilliant. And then they relax. And if you can get into them then, you can suddenly turn them over. So I did have the belief that Conte could possibly inspire us to come out and do something. We we could get back into the game. But I know this sounds overtly negative. From watching that game last night, I felt that the only way we would get into the game, no matter how well we played, was if Chelsea decided, you know, relaxed. Because if you watch that first half, and you're talking about the mistakes we made, the mistakes we made really were due to the pressure we were under. I know the atmosphere and stuff like that, but I mean, these are professional football players. That shouldn't, I know it does, because they're all still human, but shouldn't inspire that kind of calamity. But Chelsea were hunting us down, like three players swamping us every time we had the ball, and decided to press us high up. And we just didn't cope with that. Like The players, like the passing that led to their first goal... It was like an absolute cluster. I mean, I was like, how how did that even happen? <laughs> you know, it's like you're watching it like unroll like a, you know, you talk about in a disaster movie, everything feels like it goes into slow motion. You're like watching it happen. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> mm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, for, for me, it feels like we're our, I mean, light years away. I mean, like, to me in the Premier League right now, you've got... Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea, for me, are kind of in their own little level, really. And I'd put us then in a bracket with, can't believe I'm saying this, but West Ham, Arsenal, Man United, um, uh, possibly throw Wolves, and I don't know, but we're in that kind of chasing pack, if you like. Um, but I, I, I mean, again, it's just my opinion, but I don't think we're anywhere near their level. Well, they're, they're 10 points above us and we've got three games in hand over them. So we've those three games in hand with one point behind them. Well, yeah, uh, granted, I'm talking about performance. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think that you win those games, then we're, we're doing phenomenal. And yeah, OK. I take your point, but I'm, I'm just basing it on what I'm seeing. I, I watch us every week. I've watched Chelsea. I've watched us play against them last night. And I, I mean, I think they played us off the park with ease. So a lot a lot of the, a lot of the players that played last night for Chelsea played under Lampard, didn't they? Uh fair few of them. Fair few of them, yeah. yeah, yeah and they so. and they were bang average, weren't they? Um uh, yeah, I mean towards the end definitely. They yeah. uh, they uh, were uh, yeah, they didn't play well at all. And then you've got and then you've got a manager come in of the quality of Tuchel who's bought, mm. who's raised their level and then you've got players the same more or less the same players. I know they've made additions. But more or less the same yeah. players that that Lampard have, and now they're like you say the best team in Europe. Well, I, I do think the the thing to kind of uh, focus in on that as well is the additions, because although you're looking at the same personnel on the pitch, they're being pushed. So, for example, I think one of the issues we had with our squad going stale was not necessarily the personnel we retained, but more around the fact that none of them felt under threat. None of them felt like they had to up their game, keep developing, keep working hard, because they felt like all they had to do was keep showing up because no one was pushing them out of the team. Mm. At Chelsea, Lampard had the squad there. They couldn't sign anybody. Everyone there was kind of settled. And because when he was able to sign players, they kind of bought here, there and everywhere. And he just wasn't then, uh, with the greatest respect to him, I don't think tactically astute enough to get the best out of the squad they'd put together when they bought uh, I call him Tommy Tickle, Mr. Two Shot in, 
he he's he's done great. I mean, he was he was a great manager. I mean, he was someone I would have liked at Tottenham. So it's kind of frustrating, eh? But you know, if the conveyor belt continues, we'll have him at Spurs in about three or four years. Thanks, yeah, <laughs> Chelsea manager. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's part of the criteria. I did. Someone said to me once when I was moaning about us uh, Conti being ex Chelsea. You know, that's never worked for us in the past. Someone did say to me, if we refuse to hire anyone who's ex Chelsea, we'd never hire another manager. No, exactly. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. You see the development he's had, but then they have they do sign big players. Like even they signed a goalkeeper for like what seventy million, and then a new manager comes in, they sign another one for like forty to fifty million. So their sub goalkeepers probably would be our most expensive signing ever. Yeah, so I'm talking about a different level. I'm talking about the fact that you look at their bench last night. You know, you look at ours on paper. It's like there's Delhi, there's uh, Undombele, and you're looking at it and you think, okay, that's potential game changers. Now, anyone who's a Tottenham fan right now knows they're not. They're not that. They're just not in the form, or not. I don't know, but they're not that right now. But then you go across to their bench. You know, Timo Werner, players like that. It's like, whoa, Jesus. You know, he's. 70 80 million pound player this one's a you know Kovacic comes on and just it, it just there is a different level to them to us I think and it, it shows in the way they operate as a club um I know that they're bankrolled I know that it's a ridiculous situation but I do think we as a club could operate in a way where we try and constantly develop the squad and allow a coach to build a team that also has players pushing to get into the team. Because right now, I mean, Eric Dyer, I think, was missed massively last night because he's proven this season in a three that he is kind of the 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 linchpin, if you like, the kind of, you know, he's the one who leads the line, he's the one, you know, pretty much every cross, he's the one who meets it. I think Sanchez looks a lot more settled when Dyer's alongside him. And I think Tanganga last night looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Uh, and, I, and I like the kid. I like the kid a lot. But last night, I fear, proved something that I've been worried about for a little while, which is I don't think he's at the level that we want to be as a club. I think Tanganga can be an excellent Premier League defender and he needs games to get that. Whilst he's with us right now, he's obviously very bit part because he's not a first team. And my concern is because of that, I don't think he's the player who's who's going to be able to be a part of us to get us to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and also, I mean, what is he, 23 now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. 23. 20, 22, 23, I'm not sure. I'll double check. So let's, let's presume he's say twenty, even twenty-two. I mean, you'd, you'd expect at that age that he'd not be the complete article, but you know, you've kind of you, you can get away with it if you're eighteen, nineteen, can't you? Yeah, so, he's, he's twenty-two. He turns twenty-three at the end of March. Oh, there you go. So he's almost twenty-three, isn't yeah. he? So, yeah. so if you, yeah, yeah. If you look at some of the players that are available at that age in the transfer market, that are top pros you know people we would sign around that age bracket who are a level above and again you you do have to look at it and go and you know I, I say this quite a lot and I and I know um I'm probably a bit of a broken record on it is I do think we need to work on our pathway for the academy into the first team and I also think the coaches perhaps need to be a little bit stronger. And, of course, this could be a symptom of the fact we've had a real 
chop and change manager time recently. But if you think about Jaffa, he came in, he's been a central defender. Now, of course, at academy level, you know, you play all over this. He probably played in goal sometimes. <laughs> but he was a central defender and came through as a central defender. But then Jose wanted to convert him to a right back. Nuno wanted to keep him there as a right back. And Antonio Conte has come in and put him on the left side of a three. Now, that's not me making excuses for him at all, but I'm just talking about these are his kind of developing years. And when he got to first-team football, it was like, okay, we need you to play here, play there, play there. He's not been able to come in, settle into a side, play in a system, and learn his role. So we now get to the point, like you said, where he's 22, about to turn 23 in a couple of months. And we're all looking at it, and even though... You know, even though all of us watch him as a Spurs fan and are kind of delighted that he's part of our setup and everything, I think we're all now looking at it going, my fear is you're not going to be able to help us get to that next level. Because the problem is, like, like I said, like Dyer, even there's, I mean, there's even Tottenham fans that still have massive question marks over Dyer, Sanchez. I mean, I think Romero is our best central defender and he's already played. <laughs> you know, he's out for a little bit longer, but. I, I think last night really demonstrated, to me anyway, that he, he's not there. He, you know, it's kind of like you, you can imagine him playing against Morecambe at the weekend and looking great. But we want to be, as a club, you know, if we've got ambition like we say we do, we want to be competing with Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't think it's there for him. A good comparison would be Skip, wouldn't it, mate? That'd be a good comparison because you look. Well, it's at... a perfect example yeah. of how he, you know, he looks so much better. I mean, and even Skippy last night, you know, really struggled in the centre of the park because they hammered him. You know, they were in on him so fast, and always two people in on him as well. But he worked hard to then, you know, find more space to get on the ball better. Um, yeah, I. It's, it's difficult, but you're right. It is a good example of the levels. I think anyone watching Jaffet right now, watching Skip right now, but of course Skip played a full season in the Championship and now starts practically every game for us in the Premier League. Um, so it kind of shows, I think, sometimes that although you'd look at Tanganga and go surely training around these top professionals week in, week out at Hotspur way is good for him, I think if he'd spent last season in the championship playing every single game for a championship club, we'd we'd be seeing a better defender this year, if this makes sense. Yeah, sure. And also, what comes to mind is you, you think of a player that that didn't ever seem to get sent out on loan and was a bit part mm-hmm. player and is now a regular, uh, uh, you, with all due respect, to mid, middle of the table mm-hmm. um, Premier League team is Kyle Walker-Peters. You, you know, yeah, yeah, it's another really good example. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Um, Kyle... I mean, Carl came through as the best right back of his age in every age bracket for England. And when you think about the fact that the people who he was being compared to with that, like Trent Alexander-Arnold and people like that, um, uh, you know, Reese James at Chelsea, he came through and was ahead of all of them. Mm. You know, and he was part of the England, I think it was under 17s or under 19s that won the World Cup. Uh, and he he was so important to them that they moved him to left-back for that tournament because he was such a good player, but they had so many options at right-back, but at left-back, they didn't. So they were like, no, we trust him that he can play on the left even though he's right-footed, and he did. Yeah, sure. And he was great. And Josh Onoma, of course, was great in that. It was like a real driving force in midfield. But the the problem is, and, and I've said it before, is like all my love for Pochettino, I, I genuinely feel 
that him not utilising loans cost us a real generation from our academy that could have been, should have been, as good as the generation that came before, which was Kane, Carroll, Mason, etc., Townsend. I, I genuinely believe Onoma Edwards, Carl uh, Walker-Peters, um, you know, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, all would have been at, at that level or beyond if they'd had games. You know, we're talking about uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, for example. He's like hardly ever played for us. Um, he's been at the club, and people have known his name for ages. He just goes out on loan. Yeah. That's all people know him for. Yeah. And he's up in Celtic right now. He's won the Scottish League Cup up there with them. They love him. You know, he's like essential to their team, and they're trying to sign him and trying to do a deal for him now. Which, I mean, like I'm delighted for him if he gets that move because. Although Scottish football, I don't think, is at the same level as English football. That's just my opinion. You play in one of those Glasgow clubs week in, week out with those stadium, those fans, you're going to enjoy your football. You know, you're going to enjoy that. So, you know, this would be a great move for him. You know, he's a USA international. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's a really good player. And the more he plays, like when he was in the championship, whenever he became available for loan, every championship club wanted him because at that level... He was great, you know, really great. Um, he just never made, was never able to transfer that, if you like, from the Championship to the Premier League or to impress anybody enough that he could transfer it. But then again, if you look at Tottenham at the time, you know, you had Vertonghen and Alderweireld, who were just, you know, world class. Really. Yeah, you're not going to break that, are um, you? No, no, you're you're not. And, and that's, you know, Pochettino did say, you know, when he arrived the level for the academy to hit to break into the first team was a lot lower than you know by his third season and he was right you know you, you know uh, Carl Walker Peters for example was never going to dislodge Carl Walker and Kieran Trippier mm. you know he wasn't but I, I still stand by the fact to this day and people might argue with me still to this day when Carl Walker left we didn't need to sign a new right back yeah <laughs> We we should have promoted him. Let let Trippier handle, of course, most of the games, but let Walker Peters come in and rotate the same as what Trippier and Walker were doing. Let him come in and get that. Let him get play like twenty games in his first season. Let him get to thirty in a second. Then when Trippier moves on, let him be the guy. And and that's all down to the pathway. This is the thing I'm sort of talking about. Is you look at the game going back to it now. Forster got Tanganga and the errors. You know, uh, passing error where he was rushed. You know, and he looked really nervous. But the own goal, which of course is an own goal for Ben Davis, and by the way, Ben Davis looked like he was ready to fight people last night <laughs> over that. He was angry. Like gentle Ben, they called him. Did you see him? He was he was tamping. Like they've all gone off the pitch at the end, like a little applause to the away fans and they've gone. And Ben is still on the pitch, basically just berating the world. He's just like ranting to himself and like punching the air. Clearly, they've just walked off and left in there. Like, oh, let Ben walk it off <laughs> because, and it's probably because he knows that's going down as his own goal. And it's like, what mm. the f- could I have done about that? Mm. But like, whenever I see things like that, I always think to myself, like, you, you know that old, old adage, like, oh, that schoolboy defending, that schoolboy error. It really is. You know, if you head a ball back across the face of, I always remember, like, if I ever passed the ball across the face of my own goal. Whoever my football coach was would go ballistic at me. It's like it's a cardinal sin as a defender. You do not do that. It's like a invitation to the opposition. Like, here you go. <laughs> Try and run on to this. And I watched uh, 
uh, Royale do it once and got away with it. And then I saw Tanganga try and do it and it comes cannon straight off Ben Davis and into the back of our own net. I mean, you got to just question, like, what, what what are you thinking? You know, what what is going through your mind in that instance? I mean, I, the analysis or the, the pundits they had on was Ashley Cole. And Ashley Cole was like, oh, well, you know, I'd have taken it on my chest. And that's like, oh, yeah, we all remember you, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Um <laughs> But I love the the honesty from Michael Dawson. Just like, no, I'd never have done that. I'd have just got rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, just header it, it out, head it out yeah. off like for a corner. Yeah, yeah. But there, there there's so many aspects of it. Like you, you can analyse it, and I and I just watched it, and I kept thinking about it because there are so many aspects. Like Hugo Lloris is our captain. He's a he's a World Cup winning captain of France. He is a great goalkeeper who's in really good form at the moment. He could have come and got that. <laughs> you know, Tanganga headed that into Davis, and the reason why it's so calamitous and comic worthy is because there wasn't a Chelsea player on either of them. So literally he had the time to just put it over the bar. As Ashley Cole said, he could have chested it down and volleyed it clear. He had time. It was like there wasn't pressure. So if there was no pressure, no Chelsea player coming steaming in, why hasn't Larice screamed mine and come and taken it? Yeah. And I, I think part of it's down to the confidence back there. I think Eric Dyer there, Lloris is confident that Eric Dyer is going to meet that cross and that ball's gone. And then Eric Dyer is going to scream out at everybody and the whole team's going to push out. I think with Tanganga there, I don't think Lloris felt confident. I don't, and it, they all they all just looked like they didn't know what to do. Like they were rattled. It was kind of, do I come and get that? No, Tanganga's got, you know, Jaffet's got it. You know, what do we do? Yeah, but I mean, I could talk about it for an hour podcast. Ain't gonna make anyone feel better. <laughs> was he just? Was Eric Dyer just been rested, or is he? Is he? Uh, yeah, he's got COVID. He's got COVID, right? Yeah, I don't think they've announced it officially, but pretty much like everyone said it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's true. I, th- I thought um, that every, um, every journalist. Yeah, fair enough. I, th- I thought when they. Uh, when it when start the game, we realised Kante was uh, Kante had um, mm. COVID. I thought that would be a really uh, that'd be a bunk. I remember, oh, I, yeah, I, I I mean he makes such a difference yeah. against yeah. us. Like he, he, I remember in that pre-season game with Nuno in charge, they were two 0 up and cruising, and then they took him off, and we mm. made it two two. Mm. So I, I like you thought oh, that's going to give us a real chance, but they just pressed us so well. I mean. We can talk about our failings, but I think we do have to give them a bit of credit as well. You know, they are a great side who not only are a great side, they work hard and they, they made us, they forced those errors early on. One of the statistics, which I found kind of mind-blowing at one point, I don't know what point of the game I saw it, but they had like 22 shots and we'd had four. Yeah. And But of their 22 shots, it was like four on target. I was like, that's that's nuts. What you know is that is that a case of they're really backing themselves from thirty yards, or and they're just not hitting a barn door, or is that actually a bit of a compliment to us that we are actually being able to, other than the two mistakes, we are holding the line well enough that they're having to try from here, there, and everywhere. I think it could be a combination of both, um, but like I said, I, I do think if they had better, like Lukaku had his finishing boots on. Um, that kid they signed from Ajax who scored against us in the Champions League. CH, CH, yeah, yeah, CH. If he, you know, he he had a couple of chances where really should have done a lot better and hit it straight at Larice. 
um, you know, it could have been bad. You know, I, I think you said to me in the chat, it's like after that early goal, it's like this could be bad. Mm. This could be a really bad night. <laughs> Um, it, it almost feels this is such a stupid thing to say but it almost feels when you have a bad night like that and the team does hammer your goal a bit losing 2-0 coming away from it you kind of go okay that could have been a lot worse, worse <laughs> yeah know? exactly Let, yeah. Let's, let's kind of uh, right let's kind of put that over there for a minute and, and, and think about it because although it is 2-0 down it is only half time in the tie it is only half time and the next game is at our stadium and I'd like to think we will see a reaction. I mean, I'd like to think that our players are going to react to that defeat and come out in a really positive way. Because at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, if we get an early goal, like they did against us at the bridge, all of a sudden it's completely game on, isn't it? You know, it's like the atmosphere in there will be unreal. We will get right into them. And if we are fired up and into it, this game is not over. And I think that's what we need to... I think that's where we need to be. I think we need to look at it and go, we had a really bad night against a very good side. That doesn't mean the next time we play them, it'll be the same. No, and, and um, it, it does make a difference where you are because, yeah. you know, Stanford Bridge, it's it's, a, it's quite an intimidating state. It's like a small... It's like, yeah, it feels small. Yeah. You feel like the fans are on top of you, you know. So they've, they've come out, like you say, pressing... We've we've panicked, you know, and and yeah. they've got the early goal, and then the. I, this is what I don't get as well. I said this to Seb, like you know, I think on about a half dozen occasions you could hear him singing "Stand Up" if you ate Tottenham. Yeah. I've never in my life, all the games I've been to at Spurs, ever sang "Stand Up" if you hate Chelsea. You know, Arsenal no. every game, yeah. two or three times. You know, so surely if it was a true rivalry, we'd be singing that yeah. all the time. So they they're just like West Ham. They're just these. Bellins that just I, hate us for whatever reason, am, you know, and it uh, probably I, I felt. This, I got this theory right, and I got. I'm nervous about discussing this theory on the podcast, and I've had it for ages. And the longer it goes on, and the more it dwells in my brain, the more I kind of want to air it because I'd love to know if other people think I'm being mad and paranoid, or or you know what. So I am going to do it this week. I, I'm, I'm feeling brave. I'm going to raise this with you because I'd love to know your opinion and we're going to record it so other people can get in touch. We are generally hated a lot by other teams. Like in L- London teams, it's like you said, like us and Arsenal, okay, there's history, there's geography. It makes sense. We know why us and Arsenal don't get on. But why is it that like Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham fans can all be put in a room and love each other because they all hate us? does that make sense like like you just said then like Chelsea fans you know they don't seem to have this with Arsenal they don't seem to have this with West Ham Charlton Fulham any of them it is us and when you 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 know I'm trying to think about I'm like if we were the Man United of London you know we won trophies galore on a regular basis then you'd think that everybody hates us because of that you know but we're not we're not a trophy laden club we're a club that is there, thereabouts, always trying to do better. There's nothing about, you know, we're not owned by some gajillionaire oligarch that plays with us. You know, I mean, there's no reason to look at Tottenham and hate Tottenham, if that makes it. You know, and I'm trying to do this uh, as a kind of neutral, as if I'm looking at it for a reason. As a Bristol City fan, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a, as a Br- Bristolian, there you go. 
Yeah, proper job. Yeah, I <laughs> see. I um, whenever I put on like my really thick Bristolian accent, <clears throat> people can't understand me for one. But two, I actually sound like my family, which is worrying. <laughs> so, like, I, I did it for um something. Uh, my, my daughter's an actress. I think I've said this before, and they asked her to put together an accent show reel. And I can do various accents for different things. And one of the ones they really wanted her to work on was West Country, which is hilarious because that's where she's from. <laughs> so I did this whole monologue thing for her in the thickest Bristolian accent I, I can do. And when I listened to it back, I was like, oh, my God, that's my Uncle Richard. <laughs> so I, I li- like literally sang just like him. That's so creepy. <laughs> so clearly that's how I've modeled. I've got this in my brain. How to say like absolute Bristolian numpty. Yeah. <laughs> Read me, Bobby. How are you? Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, I, I've come up with this theory, and I want to. Uh, yeah, and I'm nervous about it because the press lay into us as well. I, like, I know every club thinks everyone's against us, but genuinely, if you ever listen to like top reporters talk about Tottenham and everything, they almost swear our name sometimes. And when I say it like that, I mean it's like, oh, you know, Tottenham lost in the. They they almost seem to take delight when we fall over. Does this make yeah, sense? Yeah, Did yeah. you notice that yeah. as well, yeah. mate? Do you think this is all down to a historic anti-Semitism? <sighs> and I I know I've just thrown that out there, right? <laughs> and I know I've just so so. Let me just let let you gather your thoughts on it because we as a club have got a massive um, you know history with the Jewish community. And because of that, we, you know, the Army chant, everything like that exists. And there's a whole history to that. And if people want to know about that, I'll be delighted to go into it, but I won't do it this week. But I, I keep struggling to try and find a reason why the media don't like us. Like, there, there's no reason why not to like us. Even when we had Pochettino, we were bringing for all these England players. Everything about us was good. And the vast majority of people said we were great. Everyone's still delighted every time we didn't win. You know, the whole... Oh, three horse race thing. in a two yeah, horse race thing. Yeah. Yeah. it's like that doesn't make any sense. Why? Why did everyone want? Why was the fairy tale Leicester? You know, it was Leicester and Tottenham. Why wasn't the fairy tale Tottenham and Leicester competing for the title in that amazing? Mm. It wasn't. It was Leicester. We want Leicester. We want Leicester. Tottenham. Oh, the big evil Tottenham chasing another big evil Tottenham. We not won a title since the sixties. It's not like we win it every season and all of a sudden everyone... But everyone was against us, like everybody. And it doesn't like it doesn't make sense to me unless you try and take it to some sort of years and years and years ago, everybody hated Tottenham because of the Jewish links, and so they've been raised on hating Tottenham. So it's kind of like it's become institutionalised. We don't like them because of this. If you went and asked like Chelsea fans, they're like, "Why do you hate Tottenham?" I don't think they could actually give you an answer. I think it would just be, "Oh, we hate Tottenham." Yeah, but why? You know, do, do, do you think I'm reaching? Do you think I'm mad with this theory? No, I don't. I don't because um, it's it's a bit like um, you know when um, I was trying to you, you know when we get fed up like say say we've looked like lost uh, two or three games and and then you look on social media and and people are like oh it's only happens to us we're so spursy this happens happens to us and i try to make the point that you probably go to any team and you know they're all going oh why is it only why does it only happen to us right So, so so i get that right i get that but but what i don't get is that like we said right you've got so you've got so the Chelsea fans singing yeah. stand up if you hate Tottenham right you've got yeah. all the Chelsea fans singing that 
I've had, I think I've said this to you before, or I mentioned the podcast, I had a mm-hmm. West Ham fan that genuinely, yeah. with no hint of, of sarcasm or taking a mickey, said he feels happier when Spurs lose than when West Ham win. Yeah, right? yeah I've heard that. I've right. heard that, yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, you, 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 that the Arsenal. Right, I'm, I don't even think I even need to mention Arsenal because it's, it's a no. natural, it's a natural. I, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I never look at that as anything more than what it should be. Yeah, if that makes. Because you could like, because I, I go part like when I go when I go to work, I, I get on the, when I go on the train, I go past mm. uh, the state the, the Arsenal Stadium because it's right yeah. next to Finsbury Park Station. It's right next to it. The train, yeah. literally, you can see it. But then, yeah, just before... I've actually been on that train line a lot. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, so, on, yeah, but just before you get to it. Just before, just before the train gets to the Arsenal Stadium, you look over and no. you can see the Spurs Stadium. It's like, you know, you yeah. see those, those Google Maps when you're sort of whizzing along. You can, you can, no. you, you can two, see two stadiums in your eye line, which is really unusual. So yeah, it is. Yeah, West London for yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I mean, we, it just proves that you know how local we, how close the we geography, are. Geography, yeah. Like yeah. you know, so I get that, you know, but I I don't like genuinely, genuinely, right. I, I don't like to hate people or hate no. things, but I do have a bit of a hatred for Arsenal because they're our rivals, right? Yeah. I don't like yeah. them. I just, just you know, like if if um, if I watch Arsenal play any any team, I want to see I'm, them. I'm with the other team. I yeah. want to see them lose, right? <laughs> West Ham, I Chelsea. I don't really care, right? Yeah, I, I, I genuinely don't care. I, I'd, I'd watch Chelsea. I don't know Chelsea, Brentford, or Chelsea, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. And whatever. I, and I like, just watch the game I and watch enjoy the game. The game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. feeling anything. I'm not feeling. I'm not wanting no. to see Chelsea lose. Same I don't as see, you. Right, yeah. but they. But but like you say, the other way round, they have this yeah. absolute utter hatred to the point where they're all singing "Stand Up If You Hate Tottenham," or mm-hmm. they'd rather see us lose and see their own team win. So there yeah. has to be something there, and and um, and, and, it, and it ain't just them either. You know, you you go around uh, Charlton fans, Fulham fans. Um, Millwall, Millwall hate us. What, what, what the hell have we ever done to Millwall? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what the hell? Like one of my friends is a season ticket holder. At least he was a season ticket holder at Millwall for like ten years. He used to give me crap constantly. Like we'd lose a game and I'd get a message from him like, dude, what? You're at Millwall. What are you doing? You just lost to Bristol Rovers. <laughs> Not even the better team in Bristol, you know. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it. Like I said, I. It's one of those things where you you. I've kind of fought it for a while, and I've not aired it and I've not voiced it because I I try I I analyze myself a lot and I look at it and go, Nah, you're probably you know that's probably not what it is, but. I do think it's a conversation that we all have, and I think more people will ask themselves because it is in the media as well. Yeah, the print media, yeah. everyone. It's just constantly, if Man you like Man City lose a game after winning nine in a row or something, and it's like, oh, Man City lost. You know, finally their winning runs come to an end. But you know, they're such a great team. Blah, 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 blah. And you go through any any club, sorry, in the Premier League, and you'll get similar stuff. Tottenham could win five games in a row and the articles would still be about they're going to fall any minute now. You know, this is Tottenham. They're going to balls this up any second now. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't make sense. Uh, you... And, and, and like, like you said, I look at it and go, ah, oh, that's just me feeling like everyone's against us. Everyone feels that way. But I do think it's more than that. It is weird. It's like weird. Yeah, and, and also as well, you look at, you look at our history and... Like we've always been a team that just tries to play good football. 
Like you know, yeah, like yeah. we we like we we yeah. like you, Tottenham way. Yeah, the Tottenham way. And look, you can go a whole lot. I'm sure all teams try to play good football. But look, look at West mm. Brom when they're in the Premier League, or Burnley, no. or God, Bolton. Yeah. You know, not every team tries to play no. good football. Surviving no. survival football. Yes, you know, yeah. surviving in a league that you're in. We've never mm. been like that. We've always tried no. to play entertaining football, like you say, the Spurs way. Look at the, like you know, yeah. the, we did the Christmas podcast, and they and we was asked for our three favourite players. We were talking. Yeah. About the the Gascoins and the Hoddles yeah. and and yeah. the players that yeah. Are, Ginola, yeah, yeah the Ginolas the fact the players that have always entertained so we, we I, mean, I did I did also say Gary Mabber but that's a very personal no of, thing, of course yeah. yeah of course yeah no, forget about that I didn't, I didn't mention that one yeah. but we, we've always been a we've always been a team that have wanted to play football a bit like Lee, how yeah. Leeds are now like Leeds are struggling but they try yeah. to play football they want to entertain so yeah. again yeah, I, do, I do enjoy watching them yeah, so know, f- even when they're getting battered I yeah enjoy of, of course them. but they try to play football. So from that point of view yeah. as well, why 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 should there be the hatred? Because this is just a club yeah. that are just trying to entertain yeah. and play good football, yeah. you know. It, it is funny, it is odd, but like I said, I've, I've aired it now. Um, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. So get in touch. Let me know what you think. I, I don't know whether that's like I said. I I genuinely don't know. I do I do reflect a lot on these things, but all I ask is that people, if you've got an initial reaction to that, telling me to shut up or whatever think on it a little bit before you tell me to shut up because like i said it's just a fault it's just my opinion and it's just something that's been niggling at me so i've heard it now let's see what happens just thinking out loud <laughs> mate, and you're just thinking yeah out. thinking out loud um okay well it's time to take the podcast into the direction of our social media and we'll see what our fellow tottenham fans have asked us uh this week now it's time for your comments from our social media. Do you want to start Instagram or Facebook, sir? Well, do you know, I always say we always start with Instagram. Let's, let's, let's change it up a little bit, shall we? Should we go Facebook first? Ooh, we shall start with the <laughs> book of the face. Uh, we are opening with a question from Ryan Miller. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, if Larice does leave in the summer, uh, who would be your next captain? Uh, Ryan picks Hoybier. Um, very unpopular opinion, by the way, Ryan. Uh, if you if you go to Twitter last night, his performance has been broken down into various videos where he was not a very impressive chap last night. People were not impressed. Or a wild card pick for Ryan would be Oliver Skip. Okay, yeah, yeah, that that's easy. Uh, what about you, mate? If if we, you know, if Larice said, you know what, actually, I'm going to go play in America and earn some silly money whilst relaxing on a beach <laughs> before I retire. So thanks for the new contract offer, but I'm good. And we did have to appoint a new captain for next season. Who, who would you pick? So I think Skip. It's a bit too early for Skip. I think. Um, okay. I, I my initially my mind kind of went to Kane. I feel like you know he's the England captain. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I know, I know you've got your problems with him, but um, do, but yes. but look, it's it's no coincidence that he's England captain. It's, it, you know, he, no. he he leads from the front, and 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 yeah. I, I my, my kind of initial thoughts go towards him, but a, a, maybe a shout for Dyer, maybe you know because do of you where... know what that that yeah that was actually going to be my pick was Eric Dyer. I think if I didn't have the issues I have with Kane, I think any player that kind of tries to force his way out of a club, I think you've got to go over a bit of hot coals before you can take the armband, in my personal opinion. Just look at Aubameyang at Arsenal. You know, he's their captain, trying, and he's done all he can to leave and looks like he's going to now. Um, you know, it creates all sorts of havoc. Uh, but, like, the Eric Dyer thing, like, I've always liked Eric Dyer. 
Um, a bit like the song. <laughs> I love Eric Dyer. Um, but he he had some time where he wasn't playing well and didn't look happy and comfortable. Um, but you look at him now, playing in that three under Conte, he looks to me like a real good Premier League level defender, European football level defender. And with better players like R- Romero alongside him, etc. And possibly one other I th- I think he's he's a mainstay for us for a good few more years, and he's also appears to be a very articulate, very well well respected member of the squad. So for me, that'd be who I'd pick. And he, he's got the passion as well. And I mean, if you ever want to yeah. see how much passion he's got, just see that. <laughs> That's why oh, we jumped into geez. the stands. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't give our new captain any shit from the stands, no. would you? <laughs> Dyer, you're rubbish, and he turns around. Um, but you're lovely. <laughs> yeah. He's a freaking unit as well. Yeah. Something um, uh, Stefan actually, Stefan Stefan fame said to me last night in a message when Skip got substituted, he was like, "Jeez, you don't really see it all the time because like the camera angles and stuff." But he's a freaking unit. Yeah, he's, he's a, a big, big built yeah. kid. But he's got that face. Like, he's still got that young face. Does that make sense? He still looks like he he's done the whole time he's been in the academy. He's got that kind of baby-faced assassin, but he's built. You know that season on loan at Norwich, just physical development-wise, the, the kid is a real unit. It just shows. <laughs> it do just... you know? Do you know what? I don't know if you noticed this as well, but um, oh, who's the guy? The Chelsea player that came on, uh, double-barrel surname. His name escapes me. Um, oh, second half, he came on quite late. Oh, it's going to kill me uh, now. Sorry, but no, can't think. massive now, huge. You know, and when, yeah. when they develop, they're just like, wow. You know, like yeah. I don't remember you <laughs> <Yeah>. being this big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I also remember um, when I was playing rugby. It was quite funny. We um, because you go for the age groups like your squad and stuff like that. And I always remember we came back for like a pre-season once, and there was this kid. He was this tiny. I mean, tiny little kid. Loved the game, but used to get hammered every week right he'd like he'd end up basically leaving the pitch in tears most of the way through like the under 10s under 11s he'd right. just get murdered oh. but he loved the game and he was quite good but he was just so small and we came back in the preseason. I was like, oh, Christ, he was the new player over there. And everyone was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. He, he must be joining us for this season. And he came over and we're like looking at him and like, Louis? Louis? Is that (laughs) you? The kid grew like a foot in every direction. He was a monster. He went from playing on the wing in rugby to being in the second row. Wow. He was huge. (laughs) And the funny thing was, like, his voice had broken and everything. So we're all like, Louis? Little Louis? Is that you? He's like, hello, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I always remember that. It cracked me up. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes, especially when you watch the Academy a lot, like I do, um, the great example is Dylan McCande um, this season. He like last last few years, like a really tricky, skillful winger. You know, I was worried about the physicality. Clearly, he just hit the gym yeah, last yeah. preseason because yeah. he's come back like absolute beast mode. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> back to the questions. Uh, hopefully, Ryan. Hopefully, that's answered for you. Barry Fowles says, should Scarlett go out on loan? Can't be doing much for his development sitting on the bench every week. Lad needs games, keeping him he's our only sorry, keeping him as he's our only striking option other than Kane is a bit ludicrous. We need to sign another centre forward. Um I agree with the centre forward thing. I think that's definitely needed. Um Scarlet go out on loan. Mm, yeah. 
maybe. I'm, I'm, the only reason why I'm saying maybe is he's still very young. Um, another season playing um, in the academy and working wouldn't be the end of the world for him. Like like Troy Parrott, for example, needed to go out when he did, um, possibly a little bit earlier than he did. Um, with with Scarlet, I don't know. It's going to be about finding the right the, the right club. Um, because the kid is ridiculously talented, but physically, I still think he's developing. You go to the wrong club, like the wrong league, and you know some thirty-eight-year-old decides to snap his legs. <laughs> it, you know, it's it's kind of a big deal. So, I'm not sure about the loan. You know, it's funny because like I've just said about how important it is for these players to get games, and I stand by that. But I do think every individual player, you have to have a unique pathway for them. And I think with Dane, it wouldn't be awful for him to finish this season playing under-23s at that level. Because, of course, he's still technically in the under-18 squad. Let him play in the under-23s at that level against physically stronger people, build himself confidence-wise. And then next season, you know, you find him alone. League One, for example, where he can learn what it is to play first-team professional football. One of the things they talk about a lot of players when they come back on loan is what they learn or what they experience the most or the thing that sticks with them is when they're playing in the lower leagues, you're playing with people who are literally playing for their lives. So you go down, you play in League 2, for example, you've got guys who aren't earning the Premier League millions. And if their team gets relegated or if their team doesn't get promoted, they're potentially out of a job. You know, and and like there's ground staff there you get to know, kit guys there you get to know, who literally would lose their job if the club's relegated. So it feels like everything matters, like it's heightened beyond all belief. And and sometimes the young players they need that. They need to feel that, you know, this is not just your kicking it around anymore. This is professional football. You need to be on it, you need to be at a level every week. Um, I'm not sure he's there yet. But that's just my opinion. It's still a lot of time, like you say. It's a lot of time, isn't it? There is. Um, John Dyer says, tough month for fixtures in January. <laughs> isn't that the truth, mate? Uh, can the club compete in three competitions? Question mark. Should certain games be prioritised? Question mark. I take progression in the Cups over a win in the North London Derby, but I might be in the minority. Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. No. Um... I'm going to say something really controversial now. I would prefer to beat Chelsea in the league than I would to win the next cup game and go through to the final of the League Cup. That is controversial, isn't it? Yeah, I think the thing that we, I think the thing we're struggling with at the moment is that you take our best eleven, you know, our first eleven, I guess, under Conte, you, you, and the rest aren't good enough, are they? And no. you kind of need. More than that, really, if you're going to compete on multiple yep. cups, and it's it's proved it's proved with with the you know with the with the European adventure, if you call it that, you know that yeah. that's the, the, not the second string so much, but like you know the fringe players just aren't up to a level, are they? And agreed. I, I don't I don't. What's it take? I mean, you know, like I, I always think back to to you know I know you mentioned it earlier that 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 time when Leicester won the, the league and. They were so lucky, and Liverpool were lucky. Massively, Liverpool yeah. were lucky yeah. when they won the league as well. Yeah, they yeah, they they didn't have many injuries. 
They had no, this, and, almost and the look same... at the difference. Look at the difference when Van Dyke was out injured the next there season. There you go. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of, you know, went through that season, everyone playing, everyone not injured, and stormed it. And then the following season, you know, they had started like crazy. I mean, it's still a good side, but, you know, started like crazy. Um, yeah. I, I, it is, I mean, it's... It, I don't like doing the whole let's prioritise this over this because it kind of makes it sound like oh you know well we don't care about that competition I mean we'd all love to win any of it <laughs> you know so me saying oh, I take this over that because I don't want to play in a cup final I mean that's a nonsense of course I want to see us in a cup final I mean we were in the league cup final last season um, we we did what we normally do um, <laughs> but I I just look at it and I and I'm and I'm trying to be pragmatic, I think it's the right word. Perhaps perhaps negative. Perhaps I'm being negative, but I like to think I'm trying to be pragmatic in Conte's this isn't his first full season with us, you know. I know he's had a good bit of time now and he's got a lot of work to do and he keeps saying that, which is gonna be multiple transfer windows, multiple kind of changes and sessions and I think having a full pre season next summer it's going to be such a big difference you know whatever squad you put together I think a full Antonio Conte pre-season will make a big difference to this squad learning because he's having to come in and kind of coach them in between games Mm. you know what I mean like try and break bad habits create new ones it can't be easy and I don't think it's any coincidence that when we had the forced Covid break he was able to talk to more of them you know even if they weren't able to train which they weren't he was able to like coach them you know he talks about how he spent a lot of time on the phone on skype to them in isolation going over right i want you to watch this game i want you to watch this i want you to look at these scenarios you know my analyst has put this together that like our next opposition the winger he comes in on his right foot 90 percent of the time so you be aware of it you know <laughs> and i don't think it's any coincidence that our we our results picked up and our performance levels picked up because he had more time to really drill into things well, the, first, the first game the first game back after that Covid and force break was a mm. Liverpool game and look how well we played yeah exactly yeah so I, I think it's um, I think it's a case of time um, so uh, the prioritising thing I don't know I mean the, the reason why I said what I said is I look at it and go if at the end of the season and I know this is a massive if, if at the end of the season we've managed to grab top four we've grabbed fourth spot so we've got the Champions League football again next season if we have achieved that, and then you look at the season, you go, well, the Europa Conference League was ridiculous, but we reached the semi-final of the League Cup, wherever we get in the FA Cup. You'd look at that season and go, that was actually quite good. Yeah. For Anthony Conte coming in, you'd look at that and go, yeah, they've done, they've almost overachieved in that first you know, part season that he's had. Now, with the Champions League football secured, surely... He can get the reinforcements he needs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, kind sure. of so. In my mind, that's the priority, and I, it goes against a lot of what I've said, which is, you know, top four can't be the be all and end all football, and it really shouldn't be. But I think in the position we're in right now, if I were if I were to prioritise games, you know, losing these games against Chelsea but beating them in the league and beating Arsenal in the league with our games in hand would be massive. You know, we yeah. turn over those two teams and still have the two to three games in hand over the certain clubs. It's huge. You you can't you can't even put into words how massive that would be in terms of us being able to try and grab fourth spot. Um, but I don't know. You ever think about football course and momentum? 
you know, you 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 start losing games all of a sudden. You you can't break it. So yeah, sure, yeah, it's not easy. But I uh, I prioritize something over winning the Northland. I don't know. I I, I want to beat Arsenal. They absolutely embarrassed us earlier in the season. And it's more. Than I want to pay that back. Yeah, it's more than just a game. I keep I keep telling Sebi that because we we're going obviously yeah. next weekend, and I keep saying to him, mate, you haven't experienced anything you yeah. won't have experienced anything like you're going to experience at North London Derby I can't yeah. it's one of those things where you can't even put into words and and that and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the rivalry thing that mm. this is a true rivalry you know it's a true yeah, yeah. rivalry where both sets of fans truly hate each other you know yeah and it's it, there's, it feels like every game against them there's something at stake yeah you know and it yeah. is important and it is and given the league positions and everything right now it is massively important we, we beat them and we can really grind them into the dirt. We can break this run they're on. We can, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, next one is from Tom Perks, who says, "Do you think we should have an affiliate or feeder club? How do they work? I know Chelsea used to send their players to Vitesse, and City have clubs. Well, they got them all over the place. Um, how do they work? Okay. Um, affiliate agreements vary massively so there's no kind of a blanket agreement but i think the one you're kind of thinking of is where you've got an agreement with a club where you send players to go on loan um we as a club have never had a a formal affiliate but due to connections with the club we've had clubs over the years where we have done stuff with swindon was one um we'd always send players to swindon um a few others uh, but they've kind of gone i mean the, the thing that we look at now as a club whenever we're sending a player out on loan is we want to look at the coaching setup at the club we're sending them to mm. so even even more so than the level so like for example if you've got a championship club but the coach there who wants the player plays four four f in two <laughs> you know uh we we uh yeah we don't care about football we just want to put it long into the box we want your guy to be a target man blah blah, blah you know but then you've got a club in league one a division lower where it's all about playing the same way that tottenham want to play we will send the player to league one to play under that coach because we want the player to develop habits that are the right habits, the right way of playing football, how we view the right way of playing football. You don't send him to Sam Allardyce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's you know, and that's not being disrespectful because all these different methods and ways win football matches. But we as a club, that's what we focus on. So I don't think we're likely to tie into affiliate agreements in the sense of every year we will send academy players to you because of X. I know for quite a while there were talks going on with Ajax about an agreement where academy players from us would go there and academy players from there would come to us in in a kind of training exchange to helping develop players. So our players would go there and play under like a Dutch coaching system. Their players would come here, experience the English league because the focus in academy football in Holland is skills. It's, you know, there's no focus on winning games. It's just skills. Here, from as soon as you can kick a ball for a local club, you're in a league. Mm. It's competitive. You know, you're you're playing for points. It's a very different style, and so there were talks about that for ages, but it just didn't materialise. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything in place. I, I'm not sure. Uh, there's pros and cons. The, the kind of pro is obviously you've always got somewhere to send a player to get games, but the con is 
if that club changes manager, coaches, whatever, and they play a system that your players come back and all they can do is lump the ball 30 yards, you know, you've not achieved anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Liam Hickey says, do we struggle, uh, sorry, why do we struggle against the low block? When teams go ultra-defensive, we lack any killer passing. Um, kind of answered your own question, I think, but why do we struggle? Um... Uh, I don't know, Matt. Do you want to take a stab? I mean, I've got a theory, but I think it's always a struggle, isn't it, for any team? Uh, yeah. to, you, you kind of, um, I mean, we've we've got we've got a player that has the ability to unlock uh, uh, teams when they're really gold defensive in on Dumbele, but unfortunately, yeah. with all the ability he's got, he just well, as with the Chelsea game yesterday, he's just. Yeah. Lazy and just terrible attitude, yeah. you know. And sometimes you need a player like that, uh, which is possibly maybe what maybe what we what we need. I don't know, but I think Lu- Lucas is the closest we've got to a player that's willing to run and yeah, make them. That's fair. You know, but it, I think a lot of a lot of it comes down to confidence as well. Because you, you look at Matt, yeah. Matt Doherty, for example, and like I, I when I watched yesterday, he like when he was at Wolves, he was just running for fun. I mean, I remember yeah. he scored against us. Yeah. And 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 like you know he it was a wing back he was running in he knocked the crossing in he was on the end of stuff, but when yeah. when when the confidence is low they it's almost like they're frightened to make a run or to make the pass and then yeah. when when you got when you've got players that haven't got that confidence then they're not going to break teams down or go ultra defensive so like you said with Conte give him a pre season let him instill the confidence with the players get the right players in and then yeah. you'll see that but at the moment. I'd argue it's probably a case of just lack of confidence and yeah, I agree. you know, yeah, but yeah. My, my theory on it is is massively around confidence because when we were at our absolute best, we destroyed teams. Uh, you know, the Pochettino at White Hart Lane, teams would come and set up, and I know we didn't win every game, but we would break teams down just through sheer repetitiveness of we would just keep the ball moving, and every player in that Tottenham team wanted the ball felt they could do something with the ball and also made themselves available for the pass if you watch that game yeah, I mean you're referencing Watford game I'd imagine because it's the most recent example the biggest frustration for me is that hardly anybody on a regular basis was working hard to find space and I know you can argue well they had 10 men behind the ball it was still possible but the only solution seemed to be to come deep and the problem with that is, is our outlet is our wide players. So we hit in a Premier League record number of crosses and no one scored from them. Mm. And the reason why that is, is because to try and find space, Kane, Sonny, Lucas all came deep. When in reality, what you wanted them to do is hold the line up there. You know, they are willing to sit behind the ball so stay up there, you know, stay there, let us put the ball in the box to you, and bloody move, <laughs> you know, you know, drop and then sprint, go, one of you go near post, one of you go far post, pull defenders here, there, and everywhere, because if you look at, and I, don't get me wrong, you can be critical over the crossing quality, and that's fine, but if you look at the sheer number of crosses we hit in the box that no one from Tottenham shirt was attacking, I'm not just talking about didn't get to them because the you know the defending was good. I mean, not even looking to attack the ball, just stood there watching it like, oh look, Emerson's got the ball again. Go on, well, 
Oh, he crossed it. No one's there. Oh, maybe I should have been there. You know, it was, it was like it was bizarre. It was, you know, I remember watching um uh, to use Chelsea as an example. You remember Lampard used to score so many goals just arriving, mm. like the first ball would get nodded out and Lampard would just arrive like out of nowhere and hit it and score. That bloke made his career from doing that. There's like no Tottenham player thinks to themselves, I know what I'll do. I'll go for the second ball. Yeah. If we're whipping the crossing constantly and they're defending it, you know, they're getting their head to it, I'm going to linger. And as soon as I see someone's got their head, I'm just going to go for it. Because if I get onto it, I've got a shot. I've got a free opportunity. But no one is. And it's a confident, confidence, um, I don't know. It is bizarre, but I'm hoping, hoping we be, be correct. But you, like I say, I mean, I, I know I gave Doherty as an example, but another one would be like Session. I know he's he's been out for for a bit, but he was yeah. another one that was doing the same with Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just you yeah, you've got you've got the you, you can do it, you know. Yeah, they 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 got the ability to do it, but it's whether they can mentally get back to doing it. I, mm. I, Doherty, for me, I I think he needs to move on yeah. for him and us. Yeah. I I just do. I just think you got to look at it and go. Look, this hasn't worked for all the right intentions for everybody. It's not worked. Right. Go and play somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Sessignon, I think his confidence issue comes from his injuries. I think he, as a young player, relied on his pace a lot, and now he's nervous to do that. It's like uh, if anyone's ever torn their hamstring, it's like you get shot in the leg. And when you're recovering from it, to to then sprint again is like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. Oh, if I sprint and that happens again, you know, I, I think a lot of that stems from that. And then that has him hesitant and nervous in other aspects of his game. But uh, again, it's like a time thing. The longer he can go out there and play and get going, I, I think he'll be great for us. Yeah. I, I still do. Um, okay, so going over to Instagram... Um, Zaphod34 Z-A-P-H-O-D Zaphod yeah okay I think I got that right my question is if we don't spend during the window uh, this window how long before Conte walks um, I don't think this window I think I think, I think if I think there, there should be some business done but I think if in the summer I, I genuinely think I think if in the summer he sits down and they go yeah we've analysed it Antonio and uh, we've got £2.50 in a Jermaine Genus bobblehead to pay for players so uh, we're going to re-sign Gregor Raziak I think Anthony Conte will go thank you very much I'm just going to exercise the clause in my contract goodbye yeah, yeah sure <laughs> yeah, uh, because one of the things I think about him that a lot of Tottenham fans really like and I think are really passionate about him being our manager about is he he is here to win. You know, he's not here to go, wouldn't it look good on my CV if I was able to get Tottenham back into the Champions League? He literally arrives at clubs and goes, right, I want to win stuff. You know, I'm here. You know, kind of like the Jose Mourinho mentality, but with someone who can actually coach players. Yeah, yeah. I think you said, you know, like combining Jose with Pochettino, an ability to coach and a proven track record. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's going to settle for the club giving him crap along the lines of, oh, well, yeah, but we, you know, the Europa League would be okay. I think his attitude will be, no, it's not okay. You got the stadium, you got the training ground, you got me. Don't spend like we're a freaking you know conference league team. We got to be going up a level, um, and I do get the impression he'll be quite direct with that. And I think he already is starting to be. 
Um, so how long until he walks? I don't think this way. I don't think... Unless something disastrous happens. Like, in this window, we sell Harry Kane and we replace him with some unknown kid from non-league. <laughs> yeah. And then I think well, Anthony Conte might go, you're taking the piss out of me. Goodbye. Um, but in that very unlikely scenario aside, I don't see him walking away in January. No. Uh, in the summer, I think he might get a proper piss on, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the next question is from a man who normally has his very own intro, and I'm sorry you're not going to have it this week because I've been banned from using it. Um, I need to get you a new one that's recorded just by us, so apologies. But the question is from the Mountain Man, who says, "Happy New Year to you all on the Spurs News team. I would like to I would like to hear your net spend predictions for the transfer window. Closest answer wins a virtual bear hug. <laughs> it would be a bear hug from the Mountain Man, wouldn't it? Oh, I absolutely. imagine him like wearing like bear fur. You know, he's like a." That's it. That's all you wear is bear fur and pants. But you, but you need, <laughs> well, I think you, you, you have to wear the bear fur if you're up in a mountain, don't you? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a given. Yeah, yeah. Trapped it, skinned it himself, blatantly. <laughs> um, okay, net spend. Uh, did you say for this for this transfer window? Oh, dear. Um, net spend. So you're thinking about net sales. Um, we'll probably... Oh, see, this window, I don't, I don't know. Um... Uh, right, I'm gonna throw. A figure. I'm gonna just say thirty million. Yeah, I'd, I'd go twenty, twenty million net. Yeah, net. All right, thirty million. Sam, twenty million. Matt, I've still got your prediction for how many goals Harry Kane would get. By the way, <laughs> just letting you know, still written down. Uh, the final question then, again on Instagram, and it's from the Stuff and Thangs podcast. Now, I don't know if he did this on purpose as a bit of you know promotional thing but i'm going to use it that anyway i do another podcast talking about tv and films and it's called the stuff and things podcast so this is my co-host has written this comment happy new year gents so my question is keep release sell a bit like snog marry avoid um three players in january window go so we have to pick someone to keep someone to release not just sell a release and then someone to sell so is there someone in the squad right so pick one member of the squad you definitely keep uh, well I know you're not going to this might be your one but for me Harry Kane yeah okay yeah. alright uh, I'll go Oliver Skip uh, release so someone in the squad you'd just be happy to go laters <laughs> goodbye yeah. see you later Matt Doherty yeah, Matt Doherty. <laughs> I kind of feel bad now, but yeah, Matt Doherty. Would we get yeah. Would we get a fee for him? I don't think we would. would we? I don't think we'd care. You know, I genuinely think of the club. But we've cancelled the contract with Matt Doherty today. We've taken a ten million hit. Most fans would go worth it. Yeah, but um, I, I think to, to be honest, it'd probably, it'd be like an all round thing. I mean, he just looks permanently unhappy, doesn't he? It's like yeah, it's like it a does. dog that just needs to be put down. Do you know? Yeah, what I mean? just, yeah. just someone take him to another team, <laughs> leave him there at their training ground. And drive away. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're free now. Run, boy. Yeah. Um, sell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who would you sell? Well, I mean, for me, it's a no brainer and Don Bele. Yep. Uh, same. Uh, yep. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we're pretty much the same. Okay. All right. So, thank you. Uh, that was from Stepin Stefan of my Stuff and Thanks podcast co host fame. Um, so, thank you to everybody for all of the questions. We've got FA Cup weekend coming up uh, where we play Morecambe. 
Um, looking forward to it because it's the FA Cup and the FA Cup still means quite a lot to me because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Right, so I mean, instead of going to the game, we, we've, um, we're not sitting in our usual hey, seats. Brilliant. Yeah, we, we've had a little bit of discussion over this, haven't we? Because of the uh, yeah. the new standing policy yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have standing fans at the Morecambe game yeah so we 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 normally where we normally sit uh row 53 i think it's not standing but we've i found a couple of tickets in row six in the south so yeah. but like i said to you i think probably from a novelty point of view you might get some people standing but it's not going to be like you know like i know this goes without saying but it's not going to be like an arsenal game is it you know i can no. imagine most people are going to be sitting just because it's just yeah. It's, look, yeah, with all due I, I, respect, well, it's Morecambe, isn't it? With all due yeah. respect. <laughs> with, with all due respect to FA Cup giant killers Morecambe. <laughs> do, do, do you uh, know what this is? This, yeah. You know this made me think, right? And I, and I know I mentioned yeah. this at the time, but when when you this is you know I was talking about how Man City are the only fans that come to the stadium and are genu- generally quite quiet, and mostly because yeah, we, they've yeah. never would beat every time they come to us. But yeah. it's a bit. It's a bit like probably what it'll be when we go when we watch Morecambe. I, I can't imagine there's going to be much of an atmosphere because it's that expectation. Know. And I, I guess that's what that's what it, it's. It's just natural, isn't it? If you're playing a team that you're you're with again with all due respect, kind of quite superior to, then yeah. you kind of it's almost like that expectation thing. Whereas an Arsenal game, I know that's a rivalry yeah, or Liverpool. It's like, come on, this is so competitive, you know. And I'm and, and I'm sure we'll enjoy it. And I picked the sixth row because <clears throat> I thought then Seb can be really close to the players. Then yeah, from yeah. that point of view, but I, I don't know. I'd, I'd expect a decent result. I hope so. Yeah, bloody hope so. Yeah. I need cheering up. Yeah. Uh, but that is our show. Uh, massive thank you to everybody for listening once again. We will be back next week. Um, until then, everybody, you stay safe. Take care. Yeah, take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.